Welcome back to the 3rd and 15 podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. It has been a while, so you may have forgotten that the 3rd and 15 podcast is brought to you by Cali TV. Folks, we've all been there. You sit down to watch your favorite team's game. I'm going through it right now with baseball and uh, the Braves. They're not on a channel that you get on your television provider. And you probably thought, I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to get cable again. Well, you don't. You can get Cali TV. $20 a month, you can uh, subscribe. There's no commitment, no gimmicks. You get really any sports channel you can think of. So if you want to sign up for that, get in touch with me. Find me on Twitter at JTIMM684, and I can get you connected. Like I said, it's been a while, folks. I, I think it's been about three months since we had an episode. And, and really, I just didn't want to come to you without content. That it really boils down to that. Um, with the nature, I, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm a big fan of the name, image, and likeness stuff. I'm a big fan of the transfer portal. But because of all that, the landscape of college football is constantly changing. It, it's kind of hard to sit down before now, really, and think about what's going on in college football because you just don't know who's going to have what players. You just don't. And that's fine. Um, but I just kind of wanted to let everything settle out. There wasn't really anything pressing to me um, to talk about. But today, uh, I'm recording on June 28th. And today, um, the ACC announced a new scheduling format starting in 2023. It's similar to something the Pac-12 has done. And what they're calling it is a 3-5-5 format. Um, the 14 teams will not have divisions beginning in 2023, so that's next season. Every team will have three primary opponents that they'll play every year. Um, and then the other f- 10 potential opponents in the conference, um, ACC has, like many of the conferences now, has 14 teams, will be played on an alternating schedule of five one year, f- or f- essentially five one year, five the next. It won't always work that way. Um, but that's, that's how they'll do it. And, uh, for instance, for Clemson, uh, I try not to make this a Clemson centric podcast, even though I am a Clemson fan, but, um, I know Clemson, I, 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 I'm close to Clemson. I know their rivalries. I know their history. So it's just easier for me to speak on this. And that's why I chose today to talk about this instead of when the PAC 12 did it, because I'm just a little more comfortable talking about the, the history and the, the rivalries and the, the dynamics of the ACC. So anyway, Clemson's three primary opponents are going to be Florida state, Georgia tech and NC state. I would say if there was any thought that the ACC would, would look favorably on Clemson and give them an easier schedule. I mean, they they, they just didn't really do that. Um, obviously, Florida State isn't what it has been. But if you're if you're talking about the two, I mean, there's still two two ACC teams that have won a national championship in the last twenty years, probably. Uh, I mean, Miami wasn't in the conference yet when they won their last national championship. So, I mean, you're talking about Clemson and Florida State, and they're going to play each other every year. NC State. One of the teams that beat Clemson last year. One of the teams that has beaten Clemson regularly over the last you know decade. It feels like. I, I, maybe the numbers don't back that up. But it feels like NC State is always one of those teams that either beat Clemson, they beat Florida State, or they put the fear of God in one of those teams. Whoever is supposed to win the ACC in a given year, NC State gives them trouble. 
That's just kind of the way it is. And then Georgia Tech, you were you were going to keep them, and and they're of course a little bit down. But again, they're a team that was not too long ago perennially in the mix to win the ACC. They won it a couple of times. They beat Clemson for the ACC title in two thousand nine. Uh, they've played in the ACC title games a couple of times since then. Um, won an Orange Bowl in 2013, 2014 was it? 2014, I believe, they won the Orange Bowl. So this is this is a team that, you know, Georgia Tech, they're, they're not, you know, not to pick on Duke, but they're not Duke. They're not a Wake Forest that, that has traditionally been way down. Um, Georgia Tech's got some history. So th- there will be years where Clemson has the toughest primary opponent schedule of the whole conference. Um, some others that stand out to me, obviously Florida State draws a, a tough draw because they're going to play Clemson, they're going to play Miami. They get Syracuse, who has been a little down the last couple of years, but that's been a tough team. We go back to the 2018 Clemson team that won the national title. Uh, if they had not managed to win behind Chase Bryce – Syracuse would have represented the ACC Atlantic Division in the conference championship game. So um, there's some history there for Syracuse. So Florida State doesn't have it easy. Uh, I would say probably the easiest path is, is going to be North Carolina or one of the easiest paths that they every year get Duke, NC State, and Virginia. Uh, Georgia Tech does not have a very difficult set of, I mean, set of teams. Of course, they have to play uh Clemson every year but then they get Louisville and Wake Forest um Wake Forest kind of kind of has an, an easy path they get screwed a little bit because they don't play all the North Carolina schools Duke in fact is the only North Carolina school that plays all the other North Carolina schools they get North Carolina NC State and Wake Wake gets Duke Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech North Carolina gets Duke NC State and Virginia so a little mix of some traditional rivalries and and some more contemporary rivalries. Uh, when you look at the reasons for doing this, to me the 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 ones that hold the most true are honestly for the fans and the players. One thing we've heard from fans, we hear it especially from SEC fans, but it, it's true for all the fourteen team conferences, especially the ACC and the SEC, where they only play eight conference games. Um is just the length of time between visits to particular visiting stadiums um, that enriches, you know, we, we don't, <laughs> this has taken such a back seat in college athletics, but it enriches the experience of these guys to get to go see these conference uh, opponents' home sites, to go to these road towns, to see some of these historic venues in, in some ways and historic towns and, and see the way college football is played in other cities. That's a big thing for these guys. And, you know, let's take Clemson, for example, Virginia. They have, Clemson has not played at Virginia since, I believe, 2013. Um, so it's been nine years since they played at Virginia. And Clemson and Virginia are, are historic ACC teams. They're among the founding teams of the ACC. And they haven't, Clemson hasn't been to Virginia since, been to Charlottesville since 2013. Won't go back again until 2026 under the new scheduling model, and then it'll be more regular. The goal is that every four years you'll play uh, every team in the conference at least twice, 
and you'll you'll have a home and home every four years. So if a guy is there for four years, he'll, in theory, play at every stadium in the conference. So that's one of the that's one of the positives for for both fans because especially these big time you know season ticket holders, the folks that go, that try to go to every game a year or or try to go to a lot of games. Um, you particularly hear about it in the SEC because the ACC, I mean, I'm, let's be honest, uh, there's not a lot of Clemson fans that are just clamoring for a chance to go to Wallace Wade Stadium at Duke. They're just not. But if you're in the SEC, you want to go. You want to have a chance to go to a game in Tuscaloosa or at the, the fake death valley down in Baton Rouge or, or you want to have a chance to play at Auburn and if you know Georgia gets to play at Auburn every other year, but some of those other SEC schools just don't. Um, and Auburn, I mean, I've been to a game there when when Mercer, my actual alma mater, played there a few years ago. Uh, it was actually 2017, the year that uh, Auburn somehow beat Georgia and Alabama that year, but had to hold off a uh, Mercer rally in the fourth quarter to to beat little old Mercer. So. Weird season for the for the War Eagle Tiger Plainsman um, that year, but you know that there are historic sites that these these teams just these programs just don't get to go see when the expanded conferences in particular. Um, so that that's one of the major draws. There's also one of the things that will get spoken to. Um, before I get that, I mean, <laughs> we talk about history in these conferences, even in the ACC. You know, Clemson and Virginia playing each other, even though that is a very lopsided um, rivalry, if you can even call it that, uh, by the records I was looking at, uh, Clemson's up forty to eight in that right in that series. But I just remember Clemson playing Virginia, and they just don't do it anymore. And it's it'll be nice to see that a little more regularly. Um, and not feel like you're seeing the, because before you got eight conference games, six of them are against your division rivals. Uh, you see Wake and Louisville and Boston College every year, and you never see Duke anymore unless you just happen to have them on the. It's your one year out of every six that you that you see them in, um, in the non-division games or in the crossover games, I guess you'd say. Um, but I remember, you know, obviously one of my biggest memories of Virginia is not even a Clemson game. It's it's Clemson, it's Virginia being the first team to hand Florida State a loss in the ACC, uh, being a temporary Virginia fan. But now Virginia and Florida State barely play each other, so that that'll be good. Uh, the other thing that that's gonna get more attention, but I just, it's not true. It's not a big deal. Is this thought of wanting to make sure you get the best two teams in the conference uh, facing off in the conference title game as though that's not happening now. And that's just really inaccurate. Um, And again, to stick to the ACC, in in 2021, uh, the way this will be settled out is they'll all play their eight game, their eight conference games, and the two teams with the best conference record will go to the conference title game. And the goal is to prevent these six and six teams. You know, you get the uh, the eleven and one team or the twelve and zero team from the Atlantic playing the lowly six and six team from the Coastal, or, or vice versa. That'll happen too, but it just isn't the case. Last year, uh, seven and one 
Wake Forest in the conference played seven and one pit, and that's exactly what would have happened. Now the schedules would have been a little different. You know, we don't know how they would have been different. It would have depended on where where in the rotation they were, and I didn't want to really dig into where might the rotation have been. You know, well if they're starting this way in twenty twenty three, that means they would have been playing the 2025 schedule, so how might that have gone? I could have done that. It just seemed like an exercise in futility. But just based on the records from last year, it's the exact same game. Wake Forest against Pitt. Uh, Two teams that neither neither of... If you were talking about an expanded playoff, and that is something we have to consider, uh, the winner of that game probably would have been in because they probably would have been one of the top five or six conference champions. Um, depending on how that shakes out or if the ACC gets an automatic bid. We don't know how that's going to work. But all that to say, it wouldn't have changed the conference title game one bit. Um, Even if they had that that kind of situation in place. Same two teams, Wake Forest and Pitt. Uh, 2020, of course, was a a non-division season anyway. Clemson and Notre Dame played uh, in the conference title game and Clemson won, and they both went to the champion. They both went to the playoffs, actually. 2019, the two best records would have been Clemson and Virginia, and that's exactly who played in the conference title game. Um, And that's the kind of season that you're talking about avoiding, but it would have been the exact same thing. That year, the ACC was – Clemson was undefeated in the regular season, and – the next best team was Virginia, who was six and two in the conference and nine and five overall at the end of the year. That's this a change in the format, or in you know, if you change and, and go off of just pure conference record, it doesn't change anything. Um, 2018, Clemson played Pitt in the ACC title game. And if they had gone based on conference record, it probably would have been Clemson and Pitt because the only other option would have been Syracuse. Uh, Let's see, did Syracuse and Pitt play that year? They did. And Pitt beat Syracuse. So I'm assuming head-to-head is going to be the tiebreaker here. So again, it would have been Clemson and Pitt, the exact same thing we got. 2017, it was Clemson and Miami. That's exactly who would have played each other in the conference title game. 2016 is where you would have seen a change. 2016 uh, would have was Clemson versus Virginia Tech, but it would have been Clemson versus Louisville because both Clemson and Louisville were seven and one. Both played in the Atlantic. Uh, Louisville's only conference loss was to Clemson. A very close game that year, if you recall. That was a game um, that Clemson won. Where is it at? It was very close. Clemson won 42-36 to in an absolute barn burner of a game. Uh, number three, Louisville. Number five, Clemson. Huge game that helped catapult Clemson into the, into the national championship picture that they were helped maintain their status. Of course, by that point, Clemson was coming off a trip to the, conf- to the national championship game. which um, <clears throat> They lost to Alabama, so they were in the picture. But that's the one that solidified. The winner of that game was going to be solidified in the race. Um, and they would have gotten a rematch. But I think this is the kind of game that conferences like the ACC should actually be looking to avoid. Because what a lot of people forget 
is that this was a Louisville team that if they could have held serve after they lost by six points at Clemson on a, with a late game stop in Death Valley, if they could have just held serve, they dropped to the number seven after that. Um, they were back up to number five. Actually, they were back up to number three when they went to Houston in November. Lost to Houston. Then they were number 11 when they went and played, when they hosted Kentucky the next week. Lost to Kentucky. In that season, the best possible scenario is what happened for the ACC. Louisville loses close to Clemson, finishes out their ACC schedule. If they beat Houston and Kentucky, they might have gotten in the playoffs that year. They would have at least been in the discussion for the playoffs that year. And them playing Clemson doesn't help any, it doesn't help the conference. A rematch against Clemson, either A, Clemson beats Louisville again and, and Louisville doesn't go to the playoffs, or Louisville beats a Clemson team that was a one-loss team at that point and knocks them out of the playoffs and takes that spot. The ACC's best bet to getting two teams in the playoffs that year was exactly the way it worked out until Louisville couldn't beat Houston and they couldn't beat Kentucky. It would have been a situation very similar to the way the SEC worked out in 2017 the next year where uh, Alabama lost to Auburn in the last week of the season, missed the conference championship game. As a result, didn't take the loss to Georgia that they probably would have taken had they gone to the conference championship games. If you remember, that Alabama team was very beat up. They got a chance to heal up before the playoffs. They were very beat up um, in late November. And, and then, in, of course, early December when they would have played Georgia in the SEC title game. And then the SEC got two teams in. And those are the kind of scenarios where these conferences, and this is the kind of things that at least until the, the playoffs actually expand, these conferences need to be looking for ways to get a second team in the playoffs. And the easiest way for them to do that is scenarios like could have played out in 2016 if Louisville had taken care of business. But... If the top two, if Clemson and Louisville faced off in the playoffs, they definitely are only getting, or faced off in the ACC title game, the ACC is definitely only getting one team in the playoffs. So it's just a little short-sighted in that regard. Um, obviously, that becomes a little bit less of an issue if there's a uh, an expanded playoff, but a conference, especially if there are. Um, any sort of auto bid, even if it's those modified auto bids where only the top, where it's the top five champions, top six champions, whatever it is, get in. Uh, you don't really want to be lining up your playoff contenders for another loss. Having one of your playoff contenders sitting out with, oh man, it sure would be great if Louisville could get another crack at Clemson. Oh, it sure would be great if Clemson could get another crack at Florida State. That that's what you want. You don't want those two teams facing off again. Ask the Big 12. Uh, this past season, Oklahoma State had to play Baylor again. Oklahoma State had beaten Baylor in the regular season, I'm 99% sure. Um, yeah, they had beaten Baylor 
24-14. They did lose to Iowa State. But if they had not had to play Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, if they had instead gotten to play teams a team from another division, the Big 12 gets a team in the playoffs probably. Big, if, if, if Oklahoma State's able to win the Big 12 title and they have one loss and Cincinnati, even with an undefeated Cincinnati, I don't know. I really think there's a chance that Oklahoma State gets in the playoffs. They at least would have had better eyes than they did once they lost to Baylor because they had to play that second-best team in the conference again. Um, and, of course, when you don't play, when you don't have the division set up, the, the, there's, I guess, less likelihood of those teams playing each other, you know, those two best teams having played each other. I, I don't know what the odds actually are, but especially in, in these specific situations where – uh, in the ACC, the teams that in the playoff era, the teams that have come the close to making the play, closest to play making the playoffs, or that have made the playoffs, are Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, and then of course Miami on the other side. But three of the four uh, are are on this in the same division. So you do lose that, but again, Clemson and Florida State are going to be playing each other every year. And if those are your two teams that, that historically are going to be the most likely to be contending in the playoffs, do you really want to create a scenario where Clemson and Florida State are playing each other in the regular season every year and then might have to play each other for the conference championship game? So instead of having that scenario where they can Alabama-Georgia this thing or, or Georgia or Georgia and Florida came close to doing this, I feel like. Um, Alabama and, and Auburn have come close to doing this. Alabama and LSU have come close to doing this. If it does not behoove your conference to have that happen. So it's just an interesting decision, and it's one that really relies on the playoff expansion. Because, of course, once the playoff expansion happens, if you do have that situation where um, – Florida State beats Clemson in a nail-biter, and Florida State's number two in the country, and they come into the conference championship game, and Clemson's number five. Well, chances are both of those teams are going to be in the top 12, even with auto bids. Uh, unless uh, Florida State, number two Florida State, beats number five Clemson by 50 points the second time. Chances are the loser of that game is going to stick high enough in the rankings that they'll still be in the bracket. But I just wouldn't risk it if I was the ACC. I would be trying to get three teams in the playoffs because if you stick to the divisions, you've got the potential for um, undefeated Florida State plays one loss North Carolina in the conference title game or undefeated Florida State plays undefeated North Carolina in the playoffs. They're number two and number um, six and um, – Clemson's number five, their only loss is by two points at Florida State. And you've got the potential for North Carolina to beat Florida State and all three of those teams make the playoffs. And you kind of ruin that. Um, I mean, I guess that's still there, maybe. But it just makes it less, it makes it harder, in my opinion, when the top two teams uh, face off instead of having the divisions. Um, the, so you might be thinking, well, what's the fix? Because I've made it pretty clear I don't really like the um, the way that you know Clemson and Virginia play. 
Clemson hadn't been to Charlottesville since 2013. It's going to be 13 years between trips to Charlottesville by the time it's all said and done for the Tigers. I don't like that. But I also don't think it's best for the conference to, to have the top two teams face off in this way. It sounds weird to say, you know, you shouldn't have the top two teams face off, but I just don't think it's the most beneficial for the conferences in the, in the common format. Um, so what's my solution? Well, my solution is one that's never going to happen. So let me just say that. I think the conferences should go back to 12 teams. I don't know who's to get rid of out of the ACC. My, my preference would, would probably be uh, Syracuse and Boston College, I guess, because they just, what do they bring? They're not historic ACC teams. Uh, the only real memory of Boston College I have in the ACC is um, a Clemson receiver whose name is, has left my head for you know good reason, I think. Uh, completely whiffing on what would have been a, a, a pass that would have allowed them to beat Matt Ryan in Boston College and and maybe maybe win the ACC that year. Um, so I, th- those would be two teams I would probably ship elsewhere. It would take some real restructuring, kind of similar. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to my um, promotion and relegation uh, episode. That's another w- format that could help us settle back to 12 teams is if we kind of restructured if we treated college football separately from the other college sports the way it really is um and let and kind of restructured things i think we could get to 12 teams that would make sense um by having teams like duke and wake forest or duke and syracuse maybe they don't play uh, acc football anymore um they get relegated down to uh the would it be the AAC um, and then they play ACC for everything else and it would be it would be great it's all a pipe dream but ideally you scale back to 12 teams two six team divisions and you do a 5-3-3 similar concept you have your five teams in your division that you play every year and then the six teams in the other division are divided into two groups of three that you alternate it's a similar vibe in that Twice every four years, you would play, you know, let's say Clemson's five teams in their division are Louisville, Florida State, NC State, um, uh, Wake, and uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm taking too long to, to say this, and it, it's lost its luster at this point. But you get my picture. There's five teams uh, on Clemson's side of the division. And... Um, you play them, and then you you also play, um, you play, and you might not be able to play Georgia Tech every year, and that would be perfectly fine with me. Uh, I don't, they're not really a rival, honestly. I don't, I, I like beating them, but I don't need to play them every year. I have to play them every other year, and you would still go to Atlanta once every four years. The Jackets would come to uh, Death Valley. Once every four years, you would go to Virginia Tech. Once every four years, they would come to Death Valley. Once every four years, and you would—it's the same vibe, but you keep the divisions. Um, and and I think you keep some structure to what the conference looks like every year, and you don't shoot yourself in the foot quite as often. Still, it's you. Sure, it can happen, um, but I think it's less likely when. To, to have the conference shoot itself in the foot when you're split up by divisions. And I, I think for conferences like the ACC, because it really, 
everybody's always worried about, and we've gone over this before in past episodes. Everybody's always worried about uh, what happens if you get that six and six Boston or uh, six and six um, Virginia team, and they beat that undefeated Clemson team, and then they get the auto bid to, because it's a expanded playoff. That really never happens. Sure, it happened in 2020 in the Pac-12 when Oregon got in at the last minute because there was COVID problems at, I think it was Utah, I don't remember, and Washington, I think it was, and they got in to the conference title game and, and ended up beating Southern Cal and going on, you know, that that what that Oregon team might have made the playoffs, sure. But most of the time, we freak out about it, and then what happens? Clemson comes out and beats the brakes off of that that rare unworthy team um or Ohio State oh my gosh what's going to happen if they lose to that you know lowly Wisconsin team or whoever and then Ohio State just comes out and wins and so it's just for as much as we worry about that it doesn't happen um the good teams win out 95% of the times in those situations and it, it, it it's it's a worry over nothing so for me, I think that's the way. And I think it would preserve some of the history. I mean, the SEC, I know it's not about tradition. It's not about history. It's about money. And bringing in Oklahoma and Texas brings in a lot of money for the SEC. But as we expand these conferences and we reinvent the wheel for how we can schedule um, these, or is it pods? Are we having these three permanent opponents? Is it a three-five-five? Is it non-conference games? What's the solution? Well, to me, the obvious solution is to scale back to smaller conferences so you can play these teams more regularly and create an identity for each of these leagues. The SEC, their only identity is that they win. And that's a great identity to have. But if that ever goes away, what's the identity of the SEC? If there ever comes a time when the SEC isn't winning at football, and I don't think that's going to happen. they got too many historically good programs. But if it did... What's the soul of that league? There's not one. They've got four teams at this point that weren't in the league 10 years ago, right? Um, And the ACC's no better. They just haven't added as recently as as the SEC. Um, Virginia Tech, Miami, you know, they got several key programs in the – in the conference, who, you know, Miami has won a national title in the last 20, 25 years, and they didn't win it as a member of the ACC. They won it as a member of the Big East, which doesn't even really exist in football anymore. Um, and so I just think it's better historically for the sport if we, we dial these conferences back, get a little bit more tradition, get a little more stability. Um, I think it would be better for the health of the sport overall. But all that to say, I, I, I like if they're going to have 14 teams and it seems like they are you know that's it's not an option to scale back right now uh from a tradition and from a health of the conference standpoint um because the other thing is it's good business for charlottesville to get programs like clemson coming through the door more often um clemson's one of the best traveling fan bases in the country Florida State travels well, they are, and they have fans all over the country. They they don't want it. The people of the businesses of Charlottesville don't want it to be thirteen years before the but between visits from the conferences 
teams that will actually spend money in town and will actually put butts in seats in the stadium. Um, and it's good for those businesses to have the chance for, well, you know what, if by 2026, if Clemson's still where, where we expect they are and um, if we can get our program going, we can maybe host a, host a game day game. And, and all that comes with that and all the attention to our campus that comes with that and all the, uh, the business for our, for our local businesses, uh, it, that's good for them. Uh, you, you want those marquee programs, particularly in the ACC, where there's such a big divide between the marquee programs and the not marquee programs. It's good for those non-marquee programs to get the cash cows coming through more often. So if we're going to stick with 14 teams, I think this 3-5-5 format is probably the best way to go. Um, I wish they could find a way to, to get that scheduling advantage without scrapping the divisions. But I do think there are going to be years where, where the AC is, particularly in, the, in the, the period when the playoff hasn't expanded and they're in this format, uh, there, there's a higher risk of having a year where you end up screwing yourself out of a playoff team. Um, but... You know, there's also the, the chance that it'll help you get a playoff team. Um, maybe you have a team that's that's a borderline, and and if the if you, in the ACC, maybe you have a team like a Louisville scenario where they wouldn't have been in. They'd have been on the outside looking in because they didn't play that thirteenth game, and now they get a chance to play that thirteenth game, and maybe you lock yourself into a playoff team. Who knows? Um, but. I, I like where their heads at. I like a lot of the benefits of this, and hopefully we'll see some more innovation going forward and, and some innovations that, that help an aspect of the game other than just helping people make money. I think there's a lot of value in this, this change that isn't just about money for the programs. It isn't just about athletic directors getting richer. It isn't just about big-time boosters getting richer. It's, it's, it's about the competition. It's about the... The, the help for the football programs and I, I got to commend them on that at least so it, it won't be in another three months before I record might be two weeks uh, we're getting into it we're going to start talking about previewing the 2022 season a lot of exciting things coming along um, so stick with me thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you again soon